Shall we share a word of prayer? Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for the opportunity to be in your presence. We thank you that because you love us, you continue to feed us with your word. We pray in the name of Jesus that this morning you and only you will speak. Let every need be met. Let even the needs of people who are not in here be met even through your word as we live here and we share with other people. We thank you for this opportunity to sit at your feet. In the name of Jesus we prayed. Amen. So this morning I want to speak on the Christian in the marketplace. The Christian in the marketplace. And um, yeah, I know um, leaders of this church, I know I'm, I'm not under any obligation to acknowledge you, but I want to acknowledge you for this good thing that you're doing. It's a good thing. Um, and we pray that God will continue to give you grace so you take this to another level. Can we flip to Matthew chapter 5, verse 13 to 16? Matthew 5, verse 13 to 16. And this is Jesus speaking. He says, you are the salt of the earth. So he wasn't speaking to people who were yet to be Christians. He was, he was speaking to people who were his followers. People he had worked with. And he was speaking to people he had worked with. And he was telling them who they were, just in case they weren't sure. And, I mean, my experience with salt production is that. So usually, there's the main source of the water. And then you need to set it apart. And then it goes through several processes. And then you get the salt. So Jesus, at this point, had set them apart. And just as we are called into the faith, we are set apart. And when he set them apart, just in case they weren't sure of who they were, he was telling them that they were the salt of the earth. And this morning... As a Christian in the marketplace, he's telling you that you are the salt of the earth. Not that you will be, but you are. In a world where there's a lot of uncertainty, there's a lot of confusion, there's a lot of identity crisis. Sometimes even the church is unable to tell who it is supposed to be. It's important that we are constantly reminded of the role and who we're supposed to be and who we are in this world. And he goes on to say that if salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It is good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. And I'm sure in that era, they understood it better than us because their main sort of source of preservation was salt. And he was dealing with people who had, who had coastal experience like me. And when there's a glut and the fisher folks don't know what to do, they just salt the rest of the fish. And these were people who, in their time, didn't have refrigeration. So they understood the essence of salt. And the fact that if it didn't play the role that it was supposed to play, then it was useful for them. So for every aspect of the, their social life, the Jewish social life, the salt had a role to play. And maybe not too different from Wi-Fi now. Maybe if Jesus was speaking to us now, he would say, we are the internet of this world. Because we've gotten to a point where I remember I was on a program and before we went for the course, it was this um, strategic leadership program. We had all traveled from various parts of the world. We got there. And the first part of the course, the guy just walks in and says, hand over your phones. What's this? I mean, why should we hand over our phones? Everybody drop your phones in this box. It was like the world was coming to an end, but the world didn't come to an end. 
I mean, that's how much we have become dependent on the internet and everything else. And if you look at, at that time, if you didn't have salt, then you didn't have any means of preservation. And even up till now, we continue to use salt as a means of preservation. So I just looked up the role salt had to play in their world just to understand it better. And I came to understand that it was an antiseptic. So the whole salt idea was that it comes in to stop decay. So up till now, when people get injured, sometimes they rub salt on the wound. So it's still relevant now. And indeed, there's a lot of identity crisis in this world that we find ourselves. People are unsure. People are looking for reference points. People are looking for what is going to stop the decay that we're all complaining about. But this morning, I'm, I'm here to say to you that you are the salt of this earth. So you also have a place in stopping the decay. You have a role to play. Because two days ago, my wife and I were just preparing for work and we heard on radio that there are 10,000, about 10,000 churches in this country. Indeed, if there are, then who is signing these corrupt deals? Who is signing these mega millions? Who is doing that? If, if we all get to know that in our space, there's a certain responsibility on us to be the salt, then you refuse to sign. Because one man can make a big change if indeed you choose to be the salt of the earth. Recently we heard on, I mean, there was this leaked audio of somebody, I mean, a meeting that had been held and somebody's voice purportedly, I mean, was that they should, we should do this and do this and cause confusion and all that. Then this person is supposed to be an elder in the church. And that's what worried people the more, that we're going into politics because they're saying that we've left politics and the world has taken over and they're making decisions for us. So let's go in there. So when we go in there, the role that we're going to play is to be the salt and not let people tell us what we should. And if they wouldn't hear us out, then we won't be a part of it. So I'll say that, look, if this is the decision that you're taking, for me, my, my beliefs, it stands against my beliefs. And because of that, I'm not going to be a part of it. I'll take a stand. And maybe everybody should know that I don't believe in it. Because that's where people begin to see our relevance in this world that we find ourselves. And that's where maybe later on when the thing goes bad, they will remember that you took a stand. We just can't get lost. Because when you put salt in the food, you must feel the taste. Once we are in that meeting, once we are in that company, and you could hear, I mean, I, 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 do, I, I mean, for my years of being in this country, I could tell this the man's voice. The person says, this is not my voice. But this is a Christian leader. So it's a certain calling. And I mean, this morning, if there's anything that I seek to do, just to say that we need to remind ourselves of the role that we're supposed to play, whether in church or in society or in families, wherever we find ourselves. Because you go for family meetings and you have been told that, oh, we are having these rights. And part of it is that you have to eat the food. So... You know, disrespectfully, they serve the idols first and they bring us. I thought that we should eat first before even the idols eat. So they serve the idols and they bring it and say, oh, it's part of our culture. I mean, as a salt of the earth, what stand are you going to take? Because at a point in time, they must look to you. They must come to you and seek your view on these things. And when things go wrong, I think as Jesus intended, otherwise, then what was the point? Because he came to destroy the works of the enemy. So what's the point? And he wants us to be his witnesses wherever we are. 
in the corporate world, people are looking at us to take a stand for Christ in the decisions that we make. In fact, the young people need us more than ever. Because now there's a third gender. You are not a male, you are not a female, you are something. I, I, I don't even know. But this way they come to you and you tell them, because you also can get confused. The world needs us more than ever. We can speak the truth in love, but someone must speak the truth. It's becoming politically incorrect to now share your faith. But it was no different at Jesus' time or during Jesus' I mean, they went through a lot. I mean, all the whips and all of that. Maybe for us, you lose a job or you may not get the promotion you want. Or some people may decide not to associate with you again. Or the political party will decide that they will make you their candidate because they can't trust you. But hey, does it compare to what Paul went through? So we also have our own challenge in our time. And it comes in different shapes and forms. But the world needs us because we are the salt of the earth. If you're a lawyer or you're a judge, and others are collecting bribes to pervert justice. Or you're a policeman and, and you're, you're, you're being told that, or a doctor. I remember there was this doctor who came from Germany and he was working at the Central Regional Hospital and his colleagues were, were started fighting him. And the reason why they were fighting him was that every time he had long queues in front of his, um, his consulting and nobody was coming to them. Why? Because he had, he had this work ethic that said that I'm being paid for this job and I'm not charging for it. And if I have to see everybody till the last person, I'll see that person. Which was different from some of our colleagues. And that man wasn't a Christian, by the way. Who would want to leave by 2 o'clock and go and consult and make additional money? But maybe, and I'm not saying that I'm perfect, but we're just reminding ourselves that this is what Christ is expecting us to do. Otherwise, if salt loses its saltiness, what is their worth? What is its worth? So after a while, people got to know and they stopped going to the other doctors and every time this doctor will have, will have cues and he will see to all of them to the extent that even after he had, he had taken care of you and you were healed and everything, you, if you gave him a gift, he wouldn't take it. So either we want to be a reference point in this very confused world or want to be caught in the crowd and not be seen. Sometimes, even in the corporate world, once again, you would, you would, you would find people... You find these young ladies who come for national service, internship, are working very junior people all the way up. And sometimes they come to you. And as men, sometimes we make the mistake of thinking that they are coming to us because they want to sleep with us. Sometimes they just need help. They've never found that fatherly figure anywhere else. So in your organization, if there's a, a young lady comes in there and wants a fatherly figure, are you going to be that salt? Because it's not, they need something. And maybe if they wanted to come and sleep with you, you, you are straightening them to say that this is not the way to build your career. This is how you do it if you want to go far. Because I see a future ahead of you and you can't start going this way. That's, that's, that's where... And, and the people who are doing these things in the places that we work, they all come to church with us. The decay that we are all complaining about, we can all do something about it if we want to start with ourselves. And that's why when you say Jesus is your Lord and personal Savior, you're saying that every decision you make, you're going to subject it to that test. You're going to make him take lordship over that decision you're making. Because people have built, you go to, I mean, sometimes you go for funerals out of town and you see people have built massive homes that they may never sleep in. But those homes represent school buildings that are falling apart now. That could have been built well, but these guys are 
as we are all part of the salt of the earth to stop those school buildings from falling apart. But you've built these plush homes 200 kilometers away from Accra. Everybody sees that it's your home. But what's the point? We are called to make a difference. And these days, it's become very difficult to talk about some of these things. And that's why two weeks ago when I came here and um, my brother preached about Judah and Tamar, that message. I mean, I was just saying that these days, if you risk preaching these kind of messages, your church will be empty. But when we, when, when we got born again, these were the things that were, were, were taught and they helped us. But these days, the mark of your Christianity is how prospered you are. And it's, it's overtaking all the key things about character, influence, stopping the decay that we're all complaining about. The other thing about the salt that I discovered is that the world really, really cannot do without. So you realize that people go, go, they just keep going and then they come back and they want to come and speak to you. Maybe at this point, they may not find you relevant, but as they go farther and farther from you, they begin to see how different you are and how you, so when they come and you're also, you've also fallen apart. So this call that we've responded to, is not for ourselves alone. It's also to, to be there and make an impact in this world that we find ourselves and to, to also be there for people because around 1987 or 86, one afternoon we were playing football and a woman and her three daughters came to our house and spoke to us about Christ. And for me, that was a turning point in my life. It's not been an easy race, but thank God I'm still here. And if they had chosen not to be, where would I have been? And because of that, you also cannot fail. Because people are depending on you. The, the, the sad thing is that they never tell you they are looking up to you. They never tell you that you are their reference point, but you can't afford to. Because it goes beyond you. And Jesus showed us what it meant to, to live beyond yourself, the sacrifice. You live your glory and come and suffer shame. And in all of this, you could see that his mind was not on himself, but on us. The other thing I, I, I see about the salt is also authenticity, authentic leadership, authentic Christianity. I'm not talking about perf perfection. I'm talking about authenticity. The strong desire to get better to see where you stand and always want to get better. Knowing where you fall short and wanting to work on so that you get better. And sometimes you go to church and you know that this word is for you. It happened to me last week. I went for a prayer meeting. I realized it was meant for me. It was meant to make me better. Authenticity. Not that we're part of the crowd. We're just going in and out. But we want to get better so we can also be an influence where we find ourselves. Because maybe if those guys hadn't shown up in my home that day, maybe I wouldn't have been here. And in my life, Asana Kufi always reminds me, God has been extremely gracious. So there's no way I would have made it this far. The other thing about the salt that I found out was that so there's this expression in the Bible that talks about eating salt with someone. And it's about hospitality. Now we find ourselves in a world where if you don't look like me, I can't connect with you. But 
Jesus is telling us that this call is that he has broken down every wall so that we can connect with people who look like us and people who don't look like us. So we can bring people to our homes whether they look like us or not and have authentic relationships with them. So, yes, we know we are salt, but just to remind ourselves that this is what it really, really means. And that's why I'm struggling with those who are saying out there that we are so powerful, we are so Christian, that if somebody is gay or lesbian or whatever it is, we disrespect the person or mistreat the person. If the person is not like you, you can still treat the person with respect, but there's still a reference point. It doesn't take away the fact that you're a reference point. It doesn't take away the fact that you are a light. It doesn't take away the fact that you are the salt. But you can still love people. So I was listening last week, um, Ellen DeGeneres, that lady, yeah? She was saying that her, st- her stepfather raped her when she was young. And maybe, I don't know. I don't know. So back to the word that you shared the last time. Sometimes you need to understand people's stories before we talk against them. And for me, this call to be hospitable is to show people so much love that every time they are in crisis, they want to speak to you. Anytime they have confusion around which step to take, they're going to speak to you. That's that's what hospitality means to me. And then the salt, one attribute I also realized was purity, uncontaminated. And that's why we can tell when there's no salt in the food. And I know that Americans like a lot of salt. I mean, from my experience, sometimes, I mean, you buy stuff and you feel, you, sometimes you feel the salt. I mean, you can literally pull the salt out. And sugar. When it's there, you know. It's also about fidelity, truth, honesty, faithfulness. And the last part of it is that when salt gets contaminated, it becomes poisonous. There's nothing more dangerous than a poisonous Christian. Because then you begin to see people straying into all sorts of things and misleading people. Because remember, people are looking up to you. So as they slide, they also pull people along. Because if this person is doing it, it must be good. For some people, that's how they, their worldview is. If it's okay, then it's good. So one day I was lying in my couch one Sunday. A lady in my, not in my office, but in the organization calls me and sends me a message that she wants to speak to me. Then she sends another message. Said, when I called her, she said she wants to commit suicide. Because she was going through a lot. So I'm just saying that somebody, somebody is looking up to you. So you can't give up. And anytime you feel like, think about the other people who made a sacrifice for you to be here. So you can keep pushing and encouraging people and be there for people. And also, the purity part is yourself. So we're talking about it in terms of other people, but yourself, that uncontamination. And and when you lose your essence, then they trample you underfoot. I thought we were supposed to be the head and not the tail. That a Christian gets to a point in time in his or her life that he or she is trampled underfoot. But the good thing is that the God that we serve is also God of the people who are trampled underfoot. And if any time, if at any point in time they want to come back, in fact, he's looking out for the people who are being trampled underfoot. Because sometimes, I was reading a book and they were saying that our life is a life of battles and blessings. 
Because at times you're really coasting. There are times you go into battles. And it, maybe it will continue to be so till we finally get to heaven where it will be blessings throughout. Let me quickly talk about the last part. The light. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill that cannot be hidden. So that's it. So maybe we need to get we need to get so good that it's the political party that wants our name to be attached to this, but no, we want in them. And because of that, we have to settle. I mean that they need you on their ticket because you're indeed the salt of the world and you're a light. You cannot be hidden. And they need you and they need to listen to you rather than you listening to them. And after a while, we don't know whether it's supposed to be said, ah, is this person still in their faith? Because we've gotten confused. We see everything mixed up in there. The thing about light, one author said that it's, un- it's unmistakable in purpose. Light. Light knows what it's supposed to do. Illumination. That's it. Unmistakable in purpose. So we're all here. We know what we have been called to. And we know the influence that we're supposed to bring to bear in this very chaotic world that we find ourselves. So my... And the the other thing about light is when you're lost and you finally see light, you know you're getting close home. So in this very dark world, our light cannot be dimmed. And that's why Jesus didn't say you're going to be. He said you are. You are the light of the world. And he didn't say you're going to be the salt. He said you are the salt. So people should, when, when there's confusion in our families, and that's one of the things that being born again did for me because I was really really disrespected <laughs> really disrespected I mean nobody really cared about me that much I mean I come from a very polygamous family so I have siblings and I mean look when they are looking at for when they, they look they, when they rank maybe they don't even find my name and I'm serious But then it gets to a point where when the elders want to take a decision, they want to speak to you as well and take your input. And people begin to respect your view and see you as important. I remember one time when I was young, an auntie of mine... Sorry. I'm still here. So... An auntie of mine was coming to Accra and was bringing me to my grandma's house. So we passed through my mother's cousin's house. I was very young. So when we got there, my my mother's cousin asked the, my auntie that, this guy, why are you taking him? So oh, we're sleeping here so that we continue tomorrow. We're going to, we're south of Dokkot Danceman. I'll take him to Danceman the next day. And the woman said, I'm not look, I don't want this boy in my house. I was this small, but I remember. Now I meet this woman. Every single time I meet her, you don't look for me. 
So, in essence, that's, 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 I guess, that's the mission that Jesus set out to. That he will transform us and also make us a reference point in this world. And when people are confused and uncertain and do not know where to go, they can come to us. Because we're sitting on a hill that cannot be hidden. And those same people who mistreated you now want to say that they contributed to wherever. If they weren't in your life, you wouldn't have reached this far. And when there's a wedding and you don't show up, they have problems with you. When there's a funeral, they want you to come in your best clothes so that they will, people will know that you too are part of their family. And that's the work that he's done, reconciling us to himself. Shall we pray? If, if you find yourself in that spot, the God of love has space for everybody. If people are uncertain whether you are in the faith or out of the faith, there's still time to reconnect. That's the best thing. That's a good thing about our faith. We don't kill people when they disconnect. We extend more love to them to reconnect. If in your organization they are looking for Christian leaders, you are looking for people who would speak. If, if those young helpless ladies want someone to go to for wisdom, if, don't know, if people are signing contracts and they feel comfortable to bring it to you, even though it's corrupt and everything about it is wrong, maybe it's time for us to just reconnect. Shall we pray? Father, we want to thank you for your word. We thank you that you always remind us because of your deep love for us. We thank you that there is no sin in our lives now that is too big for you to reach out to us. So thank you for your love. And we pray, oh God, that you continue to work in us. That we'll live this will be indeed the light and the salt of this world. We thank you in the name of Jesus.